welcome to discussions of music, healing, and consciousness with your hosts, Chris Noble and Bill Protzman. On this podcast, Chris and I offer a spontaneous, ongoing conversation about how music is intertwined with healing and consciousness. Our first season helped lay the foundation and build some of the superstructure for what we want to do here in Season 2, where we'll be welcoming some intriguing guests, going deeper into ancient mysteries and wisdom, and cultivating your background knowledge and curiosity. We hope these discussions will inspire your own study and practice of the musical and healing arts, and that your contribution to advancing world consciousness will be satisfying for you and transformative to those around you. Let's get started. Yeah, I mean, so, so Bill, I mean, the reason I, uh, I was even texting you this morning and saying, yeah, we should talk about this humming is because it started with this breathwork event on Saturday and one of at the kind of at the climactic moment of a breathwork workshop, let's, let's call it. Um, this happens a lot during breathwork. Usually the work part of breathwork is usually in the beginning because it is kind of sometimes challenging to just, you know, breathe consistently and with a certain rhythm for a long period of time actually can be challenging, but then you get into that rhythm. And then after 10, 15 minutes of it, you're in it and it's really easy. And then it becomes very, very powerful. And so around like the 15 minutes to half an hour is really when people start to go through massive transformation typically. And we would encourage, and we were playing music quite loudly at the time so that it created a safe environment for people to yell, scream, or yawn, or burp, or whatever physical sounds and what, whatever your body needs to release, you can then do that. And sound is, is honestly one of the best ways with maybe the combination of movement and breath to release you know, stuck emotion, subconscious uh, programs that you know, are still running around. Uh, dictating a lot of our life and, yeah, I agree uh, and, with you. and so on and so forth, right? Trauma, et cetera, emotional baggage, just anything like that can get lots of it can get released through sound, through breath and all that stuff. But I was really, um, you know, I was very, uh, it was really interesting to see how much people were using sound specifically, like the voice to get that out there. So that's what kind of got me into this you know, thinking of like, yeah, why is it such a natural inclination for us to just like use our voice to emphasize emotion sometimes, but also to help move that emotion. And just as an example, when something is really pleasurable or delicious, why do we always kind of go like, hmm, hmm, that's nice. Ooh, like, you, it's like a universal sound. You eat, like, let's say a delicious dessert, right? What's that? In, like that primal noise, almost every human. I'm thinking like when I was back in Italy, <laughs> every meal right? I had created a sound for me that was usually, oh my God, you know, but it was very much a mm, kind of a sound like just, wow, this is so delicious. And my body needs to make a sound to really appreciate this fully. And it's going to sound like, mmm. So why do we do that, right? And, that, and that's kind of what got me thinking about what we could talk about today and the, the power of the voice, the power of sound, and, and even something specific like humming. I'm thinking of the dinner scene from uh, What About Bob? <laughs> Which is, it's an amazing comedy. But if you haven't seen it, if you're listening right now, it's probably on YouTube by this time. Take the time, go out there, check it out. It's Bob responding to a pretty pedestrian meal with 
all of the amazing sounds that you've described about eating in Italy, right? Why is it also Italy? It's got to be Italy. (laughs) It's got to be Italy, right? Well, I mean, Italy has got to be a gustatory extravaganza, you know? It is. Which is like, yeah. Eat, pray, love, right? That was the first stop. So, yeah. Yeah, there's amazing food hotspots on this planet, and Italy is certainly one of the definitely the one of them. Yeah. So, so humming. Well, so um, let's see. Last week or two, there was a study about uh, social singing and how important that is. It's not a new study, but it got people's attention because they have a new graphic, right? It's the brain and color and all kinds of stuff. So people are like, you know, that's a thirst trap for people who love that stuff. So, um, social singing it turns out to be really great. But I, I imagine that around the dinner table expressing your delight in the meal. Mm, oh my gosh, this is so good, right? The things you say is a form of shared music making, right? Which is amazing. And it's related to that lower brain kind of stuff, the brainstem stuff, where we get such pleasure. The smells, the aromas, um, the delicious taste, taste and smell are interrelated in that amazing way. And then bringing sound into that, which is also a very brainstem kind of a thing. What is it? Fight the fav- famous five Fs we talked about them before: fight, flight, flee, speed. There it is, number four: feed <laughs> and uh, mate, because we'll keep this family friendly. So yeah, it, that makes perfect sense to me. So um, I get it, and and combining sound with that, and and it makes sense that in the breath work, obviously in the breath work. Uh, making sounds. I, have you ever tried like leading people to sing spontaneously or hum, not with words, but just like, ah, you know, like creating melodies together the way that like, Jacob Collier does in concerts. Yeah. Well, Jacob Collier, huge inspiration for that. Absolutely. Right. And, and, and beyond that too, I think um, before I discovered or, you know, before uh, Jacob Collier came into my life, I, I still encouraged people at my music meditations and other events to, to hum along or just sing along some of the affirmations, uh, the lyrics, but especially uh, even on Saturday, I didn't even, th- I, I was actually, it was really funny, the music meditation portion of the breathwork, which is after the breathwork. So you, you've, you, we did about an hour of breathwork, which is pretty intense If anyone who's actually done breathwork to do it for a full hour is like, whew, but that's the whole point of the event. That's why we only do it four times a year. It's a very special big breathwork event. And, uh, and anyway, during the music meditation portion, everyone's you typically lying down and just processing and just being yeah. in meditation after the breath work. So I was leading, you know, just playing soft piano. And then I, I, di- I did start to sing tones like ahs and oohs and just different vowel sounds. And one of my uh, co-facilitators, she sang in with me as well. And we kind of harmonized and it, and it opened up an invitation non-verbally. And I, when I say non-verbally, yeah. I mean, we didn't communicate with words that people could, of course, join. Now, we did say at the beginning of the event, like, always just please feel free to join. Always feel free to join in with any sounds. Like, we really did encourage people, like, use your voice, your vocal tones. This is an amazing healing device built into your body. But anyway, when we were doing the uh, toning, let's call it, at the end of the uh, music meditation, it did invite a lot of the other participants who were just lying down in meditation to tone with us. And I could hear in the audience a lot of oohs and ahs and they were kind of like copying us and then going off into their own version of what we were doing and Mm -hmm. and finding their own sound in a way that would really feel good in their body while they're laying down in meditation. 
And so just that alone was absolutely powerful. So yeah, I do that a lot because it's, uh, it's also really helpful to not have affirmation at certain points because the non English or the non, uh, you know, not having words actually allows the sounds to then mean whatever they need to mean for you. Sure. And it, it leads more almost more room for interpretation. Sure. It opens the ineffable space instead of, you know, effing it. <laughs> With like language. <laughs> There's a new term for you. Don't eff my space, bro. Is it ineffable? Well, yes. it's effable. <laughs> yes, it's effable. Welcome to effable space. So uh, yeah. before we riff on this too far, so how does all this relate to humming, which I know you've taken a deep dive into this morning? Yeah. So just the sounds in general, um, right. Or are, are so profound. Why are they so profound and why, why does it feel good specifically when I was starting off this episode talking about when we experience pleasure, why does it typically sound like a hum, right? Mm -hmm. Like a, mm, you know, when I'm writing it out in text, it's M M M M M M M M M right. When you're writing it out, what, what, why is that mm sound with the mouth closed? Why does that feel good? First and foremost, there's um, some ancient, I mean, these again are going to go cross-cultural for many thousands of years here, but in the ancient yogic traditions, there's a type of humming technique you can use to alleviate headaches as a very kind of pragmatic example. And one of the ways they teach that is to close your mouth, obviously, but also to put your teeth, your teeth together like that. Mm -hmm. So you put your teeth together and your mouth, and then you hum mm, like that. But now that your teeth are together, as you're probably feeling, it's creating even more vibration in your jaw and in your right. whole skull so that when you have a headache, it's going to create more of a sonic massage for that headache in your brain area or in your skull. And then what you get to do is you get to experiment with the pitch, right? So oh, sure. yeah. depending on the pitch, remember sound is a series of long or short oscillations, right? Of, of sound. So when you have a higher sound, it's a shorter oscillation. And if you have a lower sound, it's a longer oscillation, which just means it's going to vibrate different parts of your body differently. Right. So you get to then experiment with this, with the pitch of that, what pitch is going to help vibrate that part of your brain to alleviate the headache. So then you kind of put your, you know, your teeth together, your, your mouth together and you go, mm, and you kind of play around with that pitch and then feel where in your body does that pitch lie. And then wherever it is uh, causing discomfort in your body, you adjust the pitch so that it hits that area. And then once you do that, you're kind of laughing at that point. Now you've got a really amazing, uh, almost like a massage tool that you've got that comes with your voice. So just that technique alone always it opened up for me just such an amazing um, healing tool that we have within ourselves, which is the voice combined with, you know, manipulating different parts of your body to vibrate differently. Because now we're getting into like everything is vibration. So if we can start to manipulate things in a vibration way, wow, like we can do anything with that. So with that in mind, I don't know if you want to hop in here, Bill, but what I can do is also just give the audience um, some science as to what is happening when we hum? Because outside of just this headache technique, like I was saying beginning, we just hum for so many different reasons, right? So if we can start to incorporate humming in our more intuitive way, there's a lot of um, scientific, uh, we can talk about like chemical releases, endorphins, and other things that happen in our bodies that's really, really positive. 
Well, of course, I have a big question about this. But um, first observation, first response to this is, if you get to choose your own frequency, your own pitch, that's really going to mess with the monofrequency people, right? Because for the first time, what we're able to say here is it sounds like there's science to support whatever frequency resonates for the reason that you need it, right? And maybe you're not able to hit, you know, 432 hertz right on when you're humming because the frequency that you want is uh, 512 hertz. Who cares? <laughs> right? As long as it's resonating, that's the right frequency for you, right? And you shouldn't be all concerned with sitting there with your, you know, with your phone, your tuning meter, trying to hit a particular frequency as you hum. Uh, if I got that right? Absolutely. And here's the thing. So what I've been, my current understanding and what I've been encountering recently. Thank you, Maury. Okay. Every time I say that, I have to thank Maury Zelko. Thank you, Maury. Um, I got a good understanding. Yeah, he's great. And uh, my current understanding of this is that it's almost twofold. It's kind of like the paradoxical aspects of life in general, which it's kind of like there's no right or wrong. They're both kind of right, you know? So we've got the idea of there's certain frequencies that have these very profound positive effects on the body. That is true. 432 hertz, as an example, profoundly important frequency found throughout nature, found throughout sacred geometry and sacred mathematics. That's just there. When we've done physical experiments with 432, it does resonate sand on a metal plate in a very geometric, symmetrical, and very clear way versus something like a 440 is just not as clear. It's a bit more muddy. So we do know that there are frequencies that just have a very particular resonant effect. And on top of all of that, what matters arguably more is two, two things that are kind of interrelated is basically your perspective <laughs> on all of it. Right. And which kind of goes into your belief system. And then it's your intention behind it. That is kind of arguably more important than the frequency itself. Yeah, I agree with you about that. Right. I do. So, and, and so it's like those frequencies are important. I'm still going to do my music at 432 because it just feels really good for me. I really appreciate that. And other people seems to resonate too. And if you're getting something really profound off of 440 tuning, great. Cause then it doesn't really matter. It's yeah, working. Yeah. It's working. <laughs> if it's working. It's working. <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of part of that paradox, right? It's like both are true. And with that in mind, it's like humming is going to be very much up to the individual, right? And maybe this won't even be something for you. Maybe um, it's not humming. It's what's the opposite of humming yelling. Maybe well, it's like open or closed mouth. Right. Like, um, it, yeah. And, and I'm very curious about this. Like what is the, um, why hum versus sing? Like why closed mouth versus open mouth uh, producing a tone? What's the difference there? And and yeah. that's that's really like the fundamental question about humming. And so I would say right off the bat with humming is you're creating a closed circuit. So if you think about it, right, you're you're closing your mouth, so it creates like a closed circuit of vibration. Yeah. And this is not this is not something I read. This is kind of my intuition talking here. I'm with you on that because you know the the breath that you're using escapes through your nose, not your mouth Correct. when you hum. Exactly. Exactly. So you're not even, so you, now you're keeping, if there is any oxygen coming in, it's always going to come in through your nose, which is a better way to breathe anyway. 
So you're breathing in through the nose and then there's, mm, and then, so it's like circulating the air and the breath and the, 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 the frequency and the vibration more um, in a circulation way. So it's creating that closed circuit, that circulation of vibration. And so it probably allows the frequency and the vibration to reach more parts of your body. When you yell it out, what's really amazing about that is you are expelling that sound. So yelling is so amazing for letting things out. Yes. It's like you need to let out that emotion. Primal yells, like get, grab a pillow, obviously, because most likely you're in a situation where you might not be able to just let out a gut wrenching scream or something. But at this breathwork event, people were letting that out. I mean, yeah, it was also psychedelic and we had, um, we, some people were microdosing on mushrooms and stuff. So there was a very deep, um, healing that was happening. And a lot of the time it yeah. really is powerful to let out yells. So that was happening as well. So humming, yelling, they're all great. It's like, just choose your own adventure, um, for whatever you need. So that's just my like hypothesis as to why humming has a certain effect versus yelling. And so just on the right off the bat. So what humming can do, uh, is, is one thing that it can do is lower your blood pressure and your heart rate. Okay. So what, uh, this article that I can, I'll give Bill and he'll put it in the show notes here. It's, uh, by Andy and Jonathan Goldman from the website. Um, I can't read it, but it's basically called Bo Strong Foundation. So they've done, I've, I've heard these researchers from a podcast and uh, they've done quite a bit of work when it comes to sound healing and uh, the research behind this. So the number one, lower blood pressure and heart rate. So what happens is slow paced humming causes both our blood pressure to be significantly decreased as well as a decrease in heart rate. Thus, it promotes deep relaxation and it reduces stress, including reducing all those hormones associated with stress, such as cortisol. So that's one of the main things right off the bat, which is pretty uh, pretty profound. And I'm, and I'm giving this because also, the, just think about how busy we are uh, in this Western world. These 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 techniques get me excited because I, I feel personally, and, I, and you, I'm sure you probably feel similarly, Bill. And let me know is that. We're, we're, I feel like we're bridges in a lot of this way. Like we're obsessed with these more alternative healing modalities, but we love to be plugged into the, you know, the rest of the world and, and the rest of our friends and family who are maybe not as interested in this area, but certainly can benefit from it. And I love hearing these like basic scientific, you know, um, reasonings as to why these things are profoundly helpful. Again, getting rid of um, the, you know, releasing something like cortisol is just everyone needs that kind of relief. So if we can give you something beautiful audience watching or listening, these little, like a technique like humming, we can all do that. It's free. Sure. Yeah. Built into your body. Yeah. You know, you're at work and you need to add a little, you know, uh, decrease of stress or you need to just, just, just before you get into an, another call or a sales meeting or something like that, just, Mm, you know, just start to hum and find that frequency and find that, that vibration that you need in that moment to just relieve some stress. And of course there's so, many other techniques, but yeah. Is there a, um, a duration for this? Like how long does it take for a hum to have an effect? That's a great question. In this study here, there is not a, um, a rate, but that would be a really interesting thing to know. So just from my personal experience, I would recommend doing at least one minute. I would let at least one minute is going to actually then kind of leave you in that buzzed state of having just given yourself this sonic massage. Yeah. Um, of course, any amount is honestly kind of great, yeah, but better uh, than nothing, better than nothing. But I would say at least a solid minute. 
and uh, five minutes might be great, but this is a short exercise. You don't have to hum for a long, long period of time. I, I find sometimes after a meditation or and a breath work where I'm feeling really, really delicious, feeling, feeling really good. I just start to hum for like a minute, maybe after just cause it feels really nice. It's like a cat purring. It's the yeah. same kind of. Yeah. The same, um, the same effect really. Well, exactly. So here's another cool thing. So it increases your levels of nitric oxide. So that's actually a molecule that causes, um, which what a thing called va vasodilation, which causes smooth muscle cells to relax. Oh, cool. This base, this is like a positively, positively affects and enhances circulation, which is obviously mm -hmm. very profound, as well as increasing the amount of oxygen in our cells. That's amazing. That's what we get with breath work. Now, when we make a sound and vibrate any part of our body, this nitric oxide is released, helping to heal that specific part of your body. So this may be one of the reasons why many people report that humming helps them relieve headaches, like I talked about earlier. Yeah, that makes good sense. Because right. stress, especially attention-type headache, I'll try exactly. that next time. You know, People are going to be looking at me funny, but I'll give it a shot. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, though, right? Like, these are the things that I, I'm kind of obsessed about making more normal, you know, and just why why not? And I, and I think, you know, people can extrapolate this whole idea of having a, a chocolate gelato and mm, yum, yum, right. yum. That's still mm, so nice. And you just see someone not eating the gelato, but still going, mm, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, wow. They're clearly creating a sense of joy and, and some form of, um, peace within them just by, by humming clearly. Right. Yeah. And here's another thing. Here's another benefit. It's increased lymphatic circulation. Oh, this is a good so, thing. Great Emotional thing. Stability, right? Correct. Exactly. So you get rid of a lot of bodily toxins through the lymphatic system, toxins that can be quite damaging to your health. So as noted, when you vibrate an area of your body through your own self-created vocal sounds, you are also vibrating, massaging, and activating your body, especially your cells, your circulatory system, and your lymphatic circulation. So once again, it's getting even it's getting even more specific than just adding more oxygen to your blood, which is incredible. It's also enhancing your circulation and your lymphatic circulation, which is the detoxing aspect of your body too. I mean, is there um just because I'm curious, I wonder if there's any connection between um, the acupuncture, acupressure points and the meridians. Like if you could feel a specific meridian and a specific point on that meridian, can you hum into that? Why not? Right? Right. Have you, um, are you familiar, I'm sure with, uh, what's it called? The um, tuning fork? Oh yeah, the tuning fork things where you place the tuning fork. Tuning or something, I forget the, the... Yeah, there's names for all of this stuff harmonic tuning i think i forget what it's called but anyway yeah and they're just using tuning forks and using your electromagnetic um frequency toroidal field that we all are giving off and they can literally tap into that those frequencies and see which are you know uh, in disharmony which are in harmony in concert versus you know out of sync or so and so on and so forth and i've had one friend who's who is oddly quite skeptical to these, these modalities but was in such a um challenging emotional state at this time he was just like open to try anything at that point and tried this tuning fork thing and, and it had profound um relief and an insight that came from that just from interacting with the frequencies that our bodies are emitting naturally 
So probably, yeah. I, I'm, why couldn't a hum or a, a vocal tone tap into these other tap parts? Tap into that, yeah. I'm going to climb up on my soapbox for a second because I have been sensing recently uh, great anxiety in the energy field. I don't normally talk this way, people, so bear with me. Uh, but it seems to me, Chris, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, that we need big release right now. Uh, our ability to sense the subtle energies is not available to us if we're carrying around big supplies of the not so subtle ones, you know, and, and anxiety and that kind of stuff are part of that. Uh, somebody that I was talking to last week. I think it was in a psychological, yeah, it, it was in a psychedelics uh, supervision group was saying, you know what? I really love ayahuasca because I love the purge. And there's a lot of purging that needs to go on, right? You mentioned that in the breathwork group. A lot of people just like letting out big energy. They need to purge from this stuff. And we've been carrying so much crap around for such a long time. And um I guess it's not much of a soapbox, but I feel that as we go through this purging process, which is kind of where our world is right now, we'll get to a place where we're more resonant with the subtle frequencies, with the subtle energy that's there. And by way of encouragement, if you need to purge, please do that. If you're listening to this, please do that, because that will get you closer to this place where you're able to tap in to, uh, to frequencies, to energy that is not as big as what you're experiencing right now. Um, you and I both have a friend who does, you know, multiple ayahuasca journeys a month. That's fantastic, man. If that's what's doing it, do that, right? Uh, I will do maybe one big psychedelic journey a year because I need that much time to process and to integrate and to get back to where I'm ready for another one, right? Um, there's nothing wrong with either approach. It's just being aware that we're all at different places in this coming awakeness and that having to let go of our crap to get us more sensitive, more tuned in is part of the process. So um, lastly, by way of encouragement, if you're, if you're experiencing uh, a modality that doesn't seem to be doing anything for you, don't give up on the modality. Uh, stay with it, but find out if there's any other way of sort of letting go of stuff that's standing as a block between you and a more subtle experience. Uh, the difference between, like you were saying, between yelling and humming is a big difference. And it, it makes sense to me that if you need to yell, yell. What's that song? If you want to sing out, sing out, right? And then marry that with the more subtle practices as they come your way. I love that, Bill. I'd love to add on to that because you're absolutely right. We need to we need to release a lot. And I think what we're experiencing among many things right now as a collective is we're at a point where thanks to the internet, we're more connected than ever and we have access to more information than we have in maybe not forever in our history, but uh, certainly in our most recent recorded and acknowledged history. And um, with that being said, we've got access to a lot of things that can cause us stress and anxiety, but also access to a lot of incredible healing modalities. I mean, almost infinite amounts of ways that we can heal ourselves, 
give ourselves the relief and also the nutrients that we need to continue and to expand and to grow and evolve um, without completely losing and going into full despair of um, what's happening currently, which is easy to do, of course. And, you know, that's the beauty right now is that we have pretty much at this point an infinite amount of ways that we can move through this this world now in a, in a beautiful, harmonious way. And now it becomes more of a choose-your-own-adventure kind of game that we're in. Yeah, well said. It does, doesn't right? it? Because what's going to work for me is not going to be everything that's going to work for Bill and anyone else watching this, right? Yeah. We need to, and it's actually a really fun adventure, is to figure out, okay, well, what are the modalities that work for me? What are the things that I like? And here's the thing. Some of the... Some of them, like, it's going to require some aspect of discipline to do these things. But I don't think it's going to take much because a lot of these, when you find the ones that really resonate with you, they're going to actually feel kind of fun. Oh, yeah. And you're going to start to look forward to do. I, I look forward to breath work because it's it's literally like, it's like looking forward to a cold beer, you know, honest, honestly, or a, a nice um, ceremonial little cannabis with your friends over a fire or something, you know, it's the the natural high that you get from these modalities becomes kind of the healthy addiction that right. can come with these with these beautiful modalities so you got to find the ones that really speak to you because that'll continue to allow you to do more and more and more of it into your into your life and maybe right right now we could we could just quickly um bounce back things uh, and modalities that we've we've come across that uh i i, I think we we both found quite particularly really helpful for let we can focus on what helps us release or uh, what were you saying detox bill was that yeah, like a detox yeah um the whole thing of breath has always been curious to me because as a breath practitioner from way back you remember the ujjayi breath yes yeah. yeah so that was like you know a big deal and then there was the breath of fire right and then you know after several decades of him off came along and you know the, the whole thing on breath has been around for centuries probably and i love that there's so many varieties you know i think perhaps chris and correct me if if you disagree on this but i you said it our intention is the most powerful thing so if you found a breath practitioner that told you to stand on your head and do you know push-ups while you were breathing you know um and it worked for you great right if that's your thing go for it ujjayi breath that's your thing go for it there's you know thousands of years of i don't know what would you call it anecdotal evidence at this point or and just written, like you know, handwritten and, like this and, is a good idea people <laughs> you know breathe with intent it works sing with intent hum with intent it works especially with things like we're talking about sound sound is literally the foundation of the creation of the entire oh, yeah. universe. in the beginning was the word right what did it sound like i don't know probably blah, but something but it was or sound or whatever right and right. and and then what's probably almost almost like Next in line of importance, at least for the human being, breathing, oxygen. Breathing. Yep. <laughs> you know, where, where does the word spirit, spiritus, breath, yes. inspiration, uh, Latin, uh, you know, uh, etymology or whatever. And, um, and so it's like, there's so many of these ways. Uh, one of the ways that I've loved over the last couple of years has been uh, cold, cold therapy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cold, cold water plunge, therapy. that whole thing. Cold plunges, whether you can get into a, a natural body of water wherever you're, you're living or a cold shower or a cold bath, a cold tub of water, whatever you want. But the cold is uh, phenomenal. If you're going through, especially I find with really intense emotion and intense, intense stress, 
Gold therapy is one of the best ways to just take you out of it because it's so intense. You can't think about anything else in that moment. It's so overpowering. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, that sounds like torture. I'm like, well, it, it there is a little masochisticness to it because yeah, it's not pleasurable, but then it is pleasurable because first of once you get into it after maybe the first shock of the 15, 20 seconds, you find yourself in this deep meditation because you have to, because it's so damn cold. <laughs> and then after that, you get out of that and you, you, your body is in a very different state. You typically come out of the water and not, don't even need to put a towel on for a little while because your body's just completely regulated itself now. And there's tons and tons of studies just going to Wim Hof's website. He's got lots of great um, uh, research material that you can look into of the benefits of that. But yeah, that's just one example um, what else has come into your life, you know, in the last while, Bill, that, that you find is great for just that release? You know, it's interesting 